Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Gospel Ensemble. Thank you. Did I say it wrong? I think, okay. Oh, they started us off really well for this week. There have been some tragedies this week. There's been some crises this week. And we actually joined the Bible story this week in the midst of a lot of that stuff, up and down, going back and forth, and they haven't learned the lesson yet. Thank you. In the midst of everything, thank you, God. Thank you. Up, thank you. Down, thank you all the way through. Thank you. Gotta love that bass voice, Wayne, and boy. Who is, who is battering on that drum? Where is she? Oh, my goodness. I think that's the way Jesus would play drums, just like that. <laughs> oh, but it has been quite a bumpy ride this week. Quite a bumpy ride. Perhaps you might know someone in Boston that you had in your heart or in West Texas on I-35. Hopefully you lifted them up in prayers for God to be with them and for them to know God was with them right in the midst and through it all. While that was going on, I actually received from a couple, Kevin and Jennifer, their save the date for their October wedding. While they were locked in, because they couldn't leave the house, they were saying, God's still here, and we'll be getting married in October. They were bunkered down, living into that new reality of what was safe and not safe, but they knew God was with them. Now, as this occurs separately, I have some concern. I thought of also of my colleague, Imam Dayi Abdullah. He reaches out to LGBT Muslims, and he brings them hope. And when I see the suspects' photos on the screens of TV, and when I hear stories of people already doing violent things to people who might look the same, you know, my heart just falls. And I think of Dai, and I hope that he knows that we love him too. And that as he wears that rainbow stole around his neck where he can be killed, that he is doing God's work. Um, together, we were partners one time for a Soul Force uh, equality ride. Have y'all heard of those equality rides? We were going someplace that didn't like gay people. And Dai and I were teammates. When the students were arrested, it was our turn to stand up and get arrested for them. And we had talked in the car, well, what did this mean to do this? And why were we doing this to support the young people as they were trying to have equality on that campus? And what might the risk be? You know, I had to call Walter real fast and say, hey, honey, I might get arrested today. <laughs> I did. I had to call the chair of my board and say, well, I might get arrested today. Just wanted you to know. Um, you know, something could happen. I might lose my LPC license here in the state of Texas or have to go through some way of explaining why this was important. But Dai was sitting there, and he was talking, and we were planning what we were going to do as they hauled us away. And, you know, just for that moment, I said, man, I'm a white Christian that might be going to jail whole different story for a black Muslim in our system. So as people see the tragedy this week, we pray. We pray that they don't move from a specific instance of suspects into some generalities about a whole people. 
and start to wreak havoc and damage all around the world. So let's keep that in our prayers. Let's not plant future seeds for more violence. Imagine that smiling face with that rainbow around his neck when people are saying bad things this week. Last Sunday, we had Joshua leading us through the water. Do y'all remember that? He was leading us. He would have been easier for him if he had one of these, <laughs> you know, to get right through there. You know, I know we say we welcome everyone, but today we especially welcomed everyone because right down here out front, Dominique, your little boy, Joey, he was all over this thing. <laughs> and I loved it that Van took it from where it is and put it down on the ground so it would be safe for Joey to climb in and out of it before it got back to where it is for today's message of Bumpy Ride. I could see it in little Joey's eyes. I am welcome. <laughs> I am welcome here. I am welcome at the front of the church. I am welcome here today. We made a commitment to be that church of welcome when we came through the water. We put those stones up to witness to God like Joshua did. And we are still here. But the people back then, the people we're reading about today in the book of Judges, they weren't here yet. They didn't sing, thank you, thank you, Lord, when times were bad. They just assumed God had gone away. But what do you do in a place like that when you were an enslaved people, but you're now a free people, but you've lived by yourself in the wilderness for 40 years, all on your own? What do you do when now you're challenged by needing to be who you are in and among people who aren't like you? This is their new challenge, being who they are in and among people who are not like them. Do they even have a clue? because they haven't tried it yet. It's a new thing. They just have to keep learning and growing. You know, much of what we put on God is our stuff. Really. <laughs> you know? <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> you know, we have to go through this stuff to learn and to grow, and sometimes we just blame it all on God. God does keep making a way for us. And the Israelites, they do head on that way God's made for them through the water, but still somehow they manage to go that way their own way. They are human after all, and they've been through a lot. They don't know what it's like yet to be themselves among others, and if it's safe. Y'all remember this term we had in American history called manifest destiny? proclaiming that coast to coast, this territory was for new settlers. And it was God's will. Manifest destiny has problems. When something you think you are owed or have been promised is already committed to someone else, a land, a birthright, possessions, a partner, you know, Today we call it ethnic cleansing or genocide, theft, betrayal. The Israelite tribes didn't escape all their slave thinking when they crossed the water. They were still learning. They might have thought, but if we don't slaughter them, they might slaughter us. And then we're going to be slaves again. What if instead they could have learned to be themselves among others. They just weren't there yet. 
sometimes we still have that problem as a people. Last week, we heard Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and we praised and we cheered. You know, it was a great song, great piece of music. And I love it, too, because when I hear that story, I think, wow, what a nonviolent way to have victory. victory. You blow a trumpet and the walls fall down. <laughs> you know? But then they run into the town and they slaughter everybody. The men, the women, the children, the animals. They wipe it out. And I don't know about you, but that part of the story makes me just a little bit squirmy. Just a little bit uncomfortable. I have taught uh, Disciple Bible Study many times. It's a 34-week Bible class where you go through the Bible in those 34 weeks, and you read a lot. You read a lot. And then you spend two and a half hours once a week with other faithful disciples trying to figure out what it meant. And I have to tell you, when we get to this part of the Bible and some other parts, people are saying, this is the Bible? You know, this is really the Bible? This is what we talk about on Sunday mornings? And we say, yes. And they say, well, I don't like it. And I said, well, isn't it true that we still are like this sometimes today, and we may not like it? But this story is still our story. But it's like they've discovered something new that they have to make sense of. They know Jesus, but they haven't learned what everyone went through to get there, to that place and that time. Whenever anyone used to ask me, have you read the Bible? <laughs> you know, uh, particularly if you are a gay man talking to people who hate you, have you read the Bible? I would say, every word. <laughs> you know, every word. The first time I read the Bible, beginning to end, and I made sure I didn't miss a word because I wanted to be able to say that. Every word. <laughs> Have you? Let's talk about it some. Let's talk about it some. You know? Every word. I don't know that that first time I read the Bible all the way through did anything good for my soul. I just wasn't reading it with the right outcome in mind. I just wanted to be able to fight with the word better. Well, you know them. They take this take no prisoners kind of approach. You're either converted or you're consigned to hell. Well, I had my own winner takes all Bible. You know? Wasn't much for my soul, but I could be pretty formidable. Wow. At the end of it all, Joshua dies, and we find out in the scripture story that he didn't get everyone out of the land. You know, there were still tribes there who weren't Israelites. They were still around. But there was enough of the land that the tribes went their own way. You know, we've got in here far enough, and so they broke up, went to their own allotment of land and property. And they would only come back together when they had a charismatic leader call them together, when there was trouble. You know, and they had to come back together to fight an outside enemy. Then they would come back together to fight an outside enemy. And the only other time they came together was when they were so appalled by what one of them did that they almost wiped out that tribe of Benjamin. So it was always coming back to be strong and to slaughter someone that they came back together. It was a bumpy ride. Academics call the way they tell this in Judges salvation history up and down and up and down. Salvation history. Good for a while, bad for a while. But sometimes we make the false equation that they made. If it's bad, you're not with us, God. 
They're not saying thank you, thank you, thank you every day and every breath of their life. They kind of fit in what moral, uh, a moral stage of development that Kohlberg calls reciprocity. If you do it to me, I'm going to do it to you. You know kids when they're that age, you know? Sometimes it gets to eye to eye for truth, tooth for a tooth. I love it that Gandhi says that just leaves you toothless and blind. <laughs> it is a roller coaster, even if it is a predictable one. I love roller coasters, though, even at 53 years old. They disturb my inner ear a little bit, but I still get on them. Before coming here, Walter and I took a break and we went to Orlando and we went to all those rides. Now Walter goes for the action figures and the comics and all the characters and those things. I go for the roller coaster and I love the Hulk. It's this big green one that shoots you up out of the tube and then swirls you around twisting and then loops. And I got Walter to get on it with me once. <laughs> and that was enough. But Walter doesn't care which action heroes, he loves them all. You know, he doesn't care if it's a, M, a DC universe or a Marvel universe, for those of you who can distinguish between those things. You know? And on our first date, almost 16 years ago, coming up, we were in Walter's apartment and he had this little bookshelves, and on one of them were these action figures spread out. And he looked at me really seriously and said, If we're going to date, if we're going to be together, you need to know this about me and you need to accept these. I looked at that shelf and I said, okay. <laughs> you know, with all these sheroes, it was Wonder Woman and, and others that were there, <laughs> you know. And it was this, this one shelf. I just didn't know it was only symbolic. It was representative of two U-Hauls worth of action figures. <laughs> Woo! Some of you will get to see them sometime soon. I actually have a bit of his treasure to share with you today. You may remember, and these pictures are his, uh, you may remember Batman and Robin back when? Didn't you just think they were a cute couple? <laughs> Didn't you like it when people were in trouble, they could be rescued, you just shone a light up in the sky? You know, and then you'd get rescued. Batman would come along. That little dynamic duo in their tights, they just came along and they saved you. <laughs> you know? And then, and the verse, you know, y'all went cheering for Wonder Woman up there. Do you remember the song of the verse? She says, I'm going to fight for your rights in my satin tights. Yeah. Spin around, spin around. You know, you could update her for these days with Xena, you know, if that's more your type. But looking for a hero to come and rescue you. Just call out and they come. How about Superman? You know, some people have this Superman-Spider-Man fight, you know, because Superman, he's just too good, you know, and he's just not vulnerable. But Spider-Man, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you can identify with because he can be hurt and he's just human. These days, they even have gay superheroes. Did y'all know that? Yeah, the new Green Lantern is, is gay. And also this one called North Star. You know, and so when Walter took this picture of North Star that's coming up, he put him on sparkly pink background. <laughs> in case you didn't know he was gay, now you do. <laughs> but in these universes, there's always people crying out in trouble for help. You know, and they always get rescued by these figures that come and save them and rescue them. 
you know? And finally, I succumbed to my husband's charms, and I have my own action figure. I actually have two items. The one action figure is Rosie the Riveter, you know? <laughs> she might not fit what you typically think of a hero, but I think of Rosie the Riveter as a hero, showing her muscle, got her bandana on, working with people to do what's necessary. And then my, my next favorite one I have right here I brought to show you. Her name's Dusty. Let me tell you why I love Dusty. I Dusty. Oh, Reverend Kristen remembers Dusty. This is Dusty. <laughs> I like Dusty because she doesn't look like Barbie. I like Dusty because her feet aren't molded into high heels. I like her because she's got waist twist action. So she can swing a bat or a tennis racket or a golf club, and she has all of that equipment. I imagine Dusty has a fine wife, you know? And I like it. I like Dusty that she's human, too, you know? She's more real uh, with these heroes. So in Walter's collection, I go through, and he says, what do you like, Troy? And I said, I like Dusty. It's amazing how many of our lesbian couple friends have said, find me one. <laughs> find me one of those dusty dolls. Goodness. Judges is a book in the Bible of heroes and sheroes who rise up when the people need them, when they call out. The stories get larger and larger as the people get less strong. It kind of happens when you depend on heroes. The stories get larger and the people get less strong. Their hope gets pinned that a judge is going to come and save them. Deborah is able to call them all together and hold them together for a while. Deborah and then one of her conspirators, J.L., do you know this song, this, the story about her? Man, she put the stake through a general's head. She reminds me of Buffy. You see Buffy up here, the vampire slayer. You know, she always was able to get the evil ones with a wooden stake. So here in the Bible, we got J.L. Says the general, oh, go take a nap. Then she takes a tent peg and puts it through his head. You know, Buffy right there in the book of Judges. <laughs> but finally, this bumpy ride gets so far down the road that a judge isn't enough, a hero isn't enough. Samson comes along and he lights fields on fires by sending foxes through them with torches on their tail and the people cheer. You know, even blind, he pulls down a building, but it's not enough to free the people. It seems the further they get from Moses, the further they get from Joshua, it just gets worse. This bumpy ride where the highs get farther and farther apart and the tribes come at, cry out, but they cry out for the wrong solution. They say, oh God, Give us a king, another kind of hero. It's a pretty common wish as things swirl around and seem uncontrollable to have someone rescue you. Just get that bat light turned on and everything's going to be okay. Watch Wonder Woman spin and all will be okay. There's more than one industry based on this wish fulfillment. Someone else will do it for you. You just have to keep searching for them. They've even written songs about it. I talked last week about 80s and big hair. Oh man, I thought you needed to see an example. Show that again, Mark. 
Last week, if y'all were wondering what 80s big hair looked like, that's what it looked like. <laughs> I need a hero. You know, something outside myself to save me. Someone strong, someone who can fight for me. She might as well have been singing about one of our heroes here. I don't know if y'all remember Reverend Dwayne doing this for you this one time. <laughs> he is a braver man than I am. <laughs> One of, one of his finer moments there, being a hero, being a hero. Or maybe you might remember this little guy that when you were talking about what you might need in the church to come and be your pastor, every, they put all the profile together and what it looked like and everything, and they said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So they put this little guy together and gave him a cape and a halo. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't wear a cape, and I don't have a visible halo, and Walter will tell you sometimes it's not there at all. <laughs> but I am a little guy. <laughs> but looking for a hero instead of knowing what you need is right there within you. And knowing that on the bumpy ride up and down, whether you got a truck taking you through the Jordan or whatever tools you have, that God is with you each and every step of the way. You see, the truth is that you are the answer. You are the miracle. When we learn to trust the whole of who we are in among everybody else, we don't have to annihilate them. And it's a miracle. When we are able to listen to God and stop putting the spotlight up in the air and know that we are the ones that can make a difference here, we are the ones that can make a difference now, we are the people of God. We are the body of Christ. And in knowing and trusting that, we transform ourselves. And in that transformation, we transform the world. Well, we're still here, lots of different kinds of us, right in this place. If we can make it happen here, we can make it happen out there. It might be a bumpy ride, but God is with us every step of the way. Amen.